Hello and welcome back to another episode of Control-Alt-Delete. My guest today is Jessica Evans. She is a journalist and has previously written for all of the mainstream publications. She is also the founder and CEO of The Freelance Sessions, which is an independent organisation that helps both aspiring writers become freelance journalists and established journalists in their career. Jess's work caught my eye when I read a piece in The Independent called The Journalism Industry is Abysmal for Working Class Women Like Me. She said in the piece, There's a snobbery that comes along with the job that needs to stop. I'm doing my part by creating a truly inclusive magazine so no one will have to face the issues I did. So this episode is looking quite specifically at what Jess is doing. I hope you find this episode interesting. And just a note that it was recorded at the very beginning of this year, so back in January. So please bear that in mind as well. And I hope you enjoy it. If you did, please leave a rating or a review and I will see you again next week. So welcome, Jess Evans, to Control Up Delete. I'm so thrilled to have you here and uh, thankful to the Twitter community for bringing us together. <laughs> oh no, thank you so much for having me. Honestly, it's so I'm so excited to be here. I'm so oh, happy. Thank you. Well, you're just doing such a wonderful job of talking about something that really needs to be discussed. So we're going to get into it today. But I wondered in a nutshell if you could just explain to the listeners your path into what you're doing now. And I always ask this pretty much to most guests and every journey is slightly different but obviously you're now writing for the guardian stylist uh, the independent grazia you talk a lot about how it hasn't been that plain sailing getting into the roles so would you be able to just kind of take us back a little bit and um yeah explain how you're how we're sitting here now <laughs> So I went to went to uni and did journalism degree and then I quickly moved to London and started interning and just doing an awful lot of that. And I quickly realised actually how much classes like I just wasn't expecting it at all and um, you know you, you kind of hear like you know almost like caricature things about like oh you know the north of Japan it's all very dramatic and I don't know I just didn't really think not that I didn't believe it but I guess I just I just thought maybe people were exaggerating from Liverpool, like friends and family kind of warning me like, oh, but yeah, but when I, unfortunately, when I, it was true, um, and when I, when I came here, yeah, there was just a lot of, a lot of classism around my accent and just, I guess, like no, my northern tendencies, if you like. And it tended to be mostly, again, sadly to say, mostly in women's magazines, which I've got such a heart for. And I just I just grew up on women's magazines. They were, you know, I, I adore them so much. So um, for it to be happening there, it was, yeah, it was um, yeah quite heartbreaking. And I feel like it's so funny. Like when I, I think I said this in the independent piece, but when I was growing up, I kind of just thought like, okay, because I didn't, I definitely didn't relate to a lot of the women, like a lot of the female columnists I didn't relate to for sure. They kind of led this like super glamorous life. And I just thought quite naively when I was a teenager, well, of course, like that's, that's what I'll be, I'll I'll all of a sudden kind of make that transition of like, because I didn't really know any other representation, if that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. I just kind of thought, okay, maybe that's, that's what type of woman I'll be. But yeah, it was just a lot of very, very posh, very privileged, like Londoners, really. Mm. Talking about class, I think, is often left off yeah, the conversation. Totally. It's such a huge conversation and it's so it's so vast and complicated and there's so many 
different aspects to it. But I guess I'm I'm just I mean obviously Scouser, working class background, like, and I really just that's where I really started the freelance sessions consultancy business that I have because I really just thought, oh my goodness, like it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't just me kind of going through these experiences because you do start to think, oh gosh, like, am I just like unlikable or maybe like maybe it's just me and maybe I'm just having like these off experiences. But then actually, when I started talking to people, I was like, oh, there's so many girls in particular, northern northern women who are working class or even just even just northern because I think there's such a regional prejudice as well yeah it's not necessarily just about class like Mm -hmm. I think there's definitely regional prejudices there so when I got talking to people there were so many women and a lot of my clients that's why I started the freelance sessions because so many of my clients they are um, I mean the sessions are um, inclusive so you know anyone can do them but really the reason I started it up was because I thought I keep on hearing all these stories that are so similar to mine of gals who are either you know living in the north and they're working class and they are just you know super talented they just because of their location um, and because of just you know money reasons of not being able to afford to intern for years and years on end um, in London to kind of break in they just didn't have that luxury of being able to do that. Yeah no I, I totally think as well that the internet and things like Twitter are really great for galvanising all the voices together. Well, at least, you know, people that are on there. I wrote this column for the Sunday Times last year, which was basically saying, is it literally only posh people that are interns? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I I definitely found that for sure. I think, especially in my interning experiences, I was the only northerner. I mean, definitely always the only scouser, for sure. That was just in my experience. But, yeah, I'd be um, pretty much the only northerner in the village, really. Yeah, and every time I spoke, I'd just be so, you know, so aware of like, oh gosh, like I just sound so different. And like, different, you know, different's not a bad thing. I wasn't really that insecure about it at first, but it was only that kind of insecurity came in and that imposter syndrome started to play in kind of months and months after of me just thinking, oh yeah, I, you know, I think every time I open my mouth, people make those connotations of, oh, she isn't as educated or she isn't as on trend or you know of course she won't really know what she's talking about when it comes to something like fashion because she isn't cosmopolitan or whether it was fashion or travel or culture I mean I worked on a culture desk and I think you know people were just kind of like why, why is she here <laughs> um and I think it's it is that second you open your mouth it is kind of like oh you don't quite get it you're not quite as good and I think a lot of the women I mentor I think they they have that and they feel that as well where it's your kind of your second in line in the pecking order if you're you're not quite there yet you know do you think this is really specifically related to the fashion and and media kind of London bubble or do you think it is just like a very much a the media in London is so kind of closed in definitely I do yeah I think for sure it is more of a London thing I think I mean I used to call it you know Londonizing myself in terms of not only my accent but just the way, I mean, because everything is so different in terms of the humour's different, the fashion, the, the beauty, Just there's just different styles, like it's very subtle, but there are, you know, differences. So I would kind of, right, Londonise myself up because I'd be terrified of like, I don't want to get stereotyped or pigeonholed or, you know, thought as not, you know, 
uh, not as good a writer or not as good, not, not as articulate, or, you know, with these things. But so, yeah, so I would be like, right, no curly blows, which is like curly blow is like a very scouse hairdo. So I'd be like, right, no curly blows, um, no bold makeup. Um, and I, I know that bold makeup, obviously, you know, you get that everywhere, but it just felt, I, I just so badly at the time wanted to de-scouse myself. I was like, I just don't want anyone thinking that I'm scouse because I know it will hinder things for me. Such a shame, isn't it? Any <laughs> any element of playing yourself down or changing yourself or not being a true self mm. is so disappointing. But I totally mm. understand why you would have thought that. It's funny because so I, I moved back to live... So I lived in London for, for a good chunk of time and then I moved back about 18 months ago so my scouse accent is very much, very much um, there now. But for a time, it was so funny. I think I actually went... This is, this is quite a, a strange point and almost quite an embarrassing point but I probably went a little bit posher than my friends just because I was constantly trying to overcompensate and trying to fight so when I'd be with my friends who were born and bred Londoners and who were you know pretty you know pretty middle class and posh and you know kind of had that um, you know had the good jobs and things like that I actually probably sounded more posh than them because I was just trying to uh, yeah I was trying so badly to to get away but I'm Certainly not like that. <laughs> no. But it's it's interesting because I think sometimes you can't tell the whole story by someone's voice. You're sort of taught to sound yeah. a certain way. And I think there are just differences. I mean, I worked at one um, high fashion magazine in particular and I even got told, you know, I, I wasn't very on brand and I was kind of like, what does that... I, was in, I think I was only like 22, 23 at the time. And I was, I was thinking, what, what does that even mean? But a lot of these experiences were kind of only with hindsight of where I was like, oh, it's because actually, you know, I didn't, you know, I just went to a comprehensive school and I didn't grow up with money and things like that. There are so many elements to it. That is what is so shocking is how can someone's background in society be like on brand? It's like, what is that? But for anyone listening who genuinely is kind of, not not that they don't believe it, but they're just quite shocked because maybe to them they're just like, why would anyone be like that? Um, Do you mind talking about some of the examples? Because you've written about working um, in a magazine and one of your line managers like making a comment about, and actually mocking the way you speak mm. and being in meetings and yeah yeah um I mean so like first and foremost like I you know I'm a scouser I love I love a joke at my own expense like we can laugh at ourselves like it's I'm definitely not sensitive really just by nature not you know I don't you know don't really take offense too easily but yeah, there were there were lots of things around the accent for sure I had one boss in particular. Are you referring to the um the the do 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 like yeah? When I read that, I honestly could not believe it. But no, so funny, really. Um, so yeah, so he every time I spoke up in meetings or even just like in and around the office, which was probably the worst because that's really when you're like bonding with colleagues and things like that, and you're trying to you know establish those relationships. So actually, that was probably the worst. Was that. Anytime I spoke up, he would just be like, you know, they do, do, don't do, do, which is just quite a scouse. And at first, like, I mean, I was kind of, you know, laughed it off and was like, oh, because again, like, you know, I love, I love, love a bit of, you know, I think scouses see humor in most things and I love a laugh. So, yeah, so at first it was fine. It was funny. And then it just got really tedious. And it also just, 
I think there was definitely an underlie, like an undertone there of um, of just kind of being. Well, he kind of confirmed it to me with a few different things. So there was one incident where so it was a showbiz agency. And there was one incident where he was like, oh, does anyone want to do the voiceover on the red carpet? Um, like, you know, where you say, you know, this person looks great. Da, da, da. Mm. Um, so so he asked anyone, and it's not really my thing too much, but I was, like, fairly new there and no one else to put themselves forward. So I was like, oh, you know, I'll just, you know, try and make a good impression and I'll just put myself forward. And he instantly was like, oh, God, no, we can't use you. Like, no, no, not you. And this wasn't wasn't a hint of humour in it at all. He was like, no, no, your voice simply sounds unprofessional. Um, no, we can't use it. So I was like, oh, OK. Um, so there were there were lots of things like that. So it wasn't just that one boss. Fortunately, it was, I mean, I think I touched on it before in the high fashion magazine where I got told I wasn't on brand. And even, you know, there were so many things, mm. really. So good that you're speaking up about all of this because <laughs> I'm absolutely, like, you know that you're not alone with it and there's so many yeah, people, but it's yeah. just got to gotta change yeah, it's so it boring is, when everyone's it's the so same boring. yeah you're so right and you know what things encouragingly you know it's not all like doom and gloom like things are definitely getting better for sure things are getting more diverse but I feel like with the whole working class conversation it's it's so great that people are talking about it but I feel like there is still you know it's we're only just getting going I feel with it there are so many things that we need to go to work on because we can have all the conversations but yeah. you know it's um yeah it's still I think there's there's a lot there's a long way to go yeah it's <laughs> so true and I think some of it crosses over weirdly into like the influencer world because mm. there's so many travel bloggers and influencers who have admitted that to launch their careers doing what they do they basically had to buy themselves the holiday or buy themselves the Chanel bag or basically they had they were in a position where they could look the part Mm -hmm. and then make money off it but if you don't have that to begin with how do you have these aspirational jobs Mm. um anyway I wondered if we could talk about some of the positives from your amazing freelance sessions and because you have really helped people and there's loads of um, case studies that you've written about where people have got you know amazing jobs or they've Mm. done public speaking or they've um, you know they've done the things they wanted to do so maybe we could talk a little bit about that so yeah positive so yeah in the in the freelance sessions like I said before like they are inclusive but a lot of the women that have came to me have had very similar experiences to me or not even really got that far of where they're just they haven't even been able to I mean because I yourself like I I feel so lucky that actually I did even be able to I was even able to go to London and and I mean I saved saved my bum off you know but I mean was, you stayed in hostels didn't stayed you? in hostels yeah. yeah really dodgy hostels too um good times but some people you know they can't even they can't doesn't matter how much they save it's not a question of saving you know some people just can't get to that point at all so with a lot of the girls, they have just been able to get commissions. And it's been so great because in, in the sessions, we focus a lot on pitching. They're essentially, they've became freelance journalists and they've just been able to get some amazing, amazing big, big whether it's newspapers or magazines, websites, they've been able to write for their kind of dream publications. And it's been, it's been so amazing to be a part of and watch. And it excites me so much because they haven't had to haven't had to intern and you know it's it's so I mean press pad are doing so 
amazing things. Mm-hmm. I absolutely adore PressPad. They are doing such a unique thing. And PressPad is, I mean, I have donated to it, but I can't remember the tagline of it <laughs> yeah, off the top of my of head. Like the, it's kind of like the Airbnb of the media. So That's it. Yeah, they're just such good guys. They are basically for people like we're talking about who can't afford to go and intern. That's it. That's um, it. They kind of match people up with already people who are journalists and editors and they put them up while they are interning. Um, which such is such a great idea. It's such, yeah, it's such a genius idea. So they're doing really great work. So with the sessions, it's all about really that you don't have to move to London. Like if you want to, um, I mean, press pad is the one for sure. If you don't want to move to London, and a lot of people don't, they want, you know, they, they're happy in Manchester and Liverpool and Leeds and places like, you know, amazing northern cities like that. You know, they, they're very, very happy there. So if you don't want to move, there is that option to freelance. And that's what that's what we're doing at the freelance sessions is people are being able to just write for the publications that they always want to write for, but not have to go and be in London. And it's because it's it's hard in London, yes. isn't it? It's, it's I know. I'm so literally, I was like waving my hands with, with joy at the fact that you just said you don't have to move to London. Yeah. I mean, there's probably loads of people listening right now who don't want to go to London, but they yeah. want to do a cool creative job like most of us do but London is definitely not for everyone and I think it's really a strange thing to say when people say you know you must come here and it's just very sort of a bit high and mighty to be like you need to come here because it's just not the case do you think there's a responsibility to big companies to also spread out of it yeah absolutely um the move to Salford Salford and Media City BBC it's just been so amazing for jobs and it's just, yeah, that was such a brilliant move. But yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think spread it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I had some of the best times in London. Like I definitely don't bash London. Like, and when I was in the different offices, I met some of the most terrifyingly funny intelligent women that just scared the life out of me because they were so intimidatingly brilliant and just people that have really inspired me and that were just so like more importantly just so lovely and kind like so I met you know and I had lots of really positive experiences so it wasn't all just like classism classism like of course there were like those really great experiences woven in as well um you know yeah, yeah, but there is at the heart of it an issue there where if you can't really come to London and feel like you can be yourself, then mm. it's still there's still so much work to be done there. Yes. And also, I'm sure there's loads of Londoners who are like, can't wait to leave <laughs> and get out. So knowing there's a possibility of moving all sorts of places yeah. and doing exactly the same job is really exciting. Yes. And hopefully the internet... You know, it does help that in a way that maybe location isn't as important as it used to be. Mm, Yeah, things are changing slowly, but surely things are definitely changing. And I think especially with freelance journalism, there is so much opportunity to to write for all these different newspapers and magazines and websites maybe that you've always hoped to write for and you can just do that from wherever, which is amazing. Yeah. So if anyone listening wants to get in touch with you maybe I don't know just to say hello or or to maybe sign up to one of your sessions I don't know if you have availability for this year but how do they get in touch yeah um so you can get in touch on Instagram which is at 
the freelance sessions or you can just email me there's lots of I'm very available there's lots of ways to yeah I can, I can put that <laughs> I know I was like is she booked up for 2020 I wouldn't be surprised if you are but um that's brilliant well thank you so much for coming on and chatting thank about everything so and it's just thank super you. important conversation so I'm so happy that you are doing what you're doing thank oh, you so much thank you so much thanks